So each one will have a different definition of love. But the Bible's definition of love is that God is love. Amen. Hallelujah. But there is something that Jesus said with regards to love. There is no doubt that God loves us. God so loved the world. Jesus loved uh, the church. Uh, those are all established facts. But there is a command that Jesus gave us. And that is uh, what I felt. I just want to remind before I get into the word, which has got nothing to do with love. Uh, but um, this, is the, this is the verse that I wanted to draw our attention to. It is in John 13, verse 34, 35. So this is what Jesus said. A new command I give you. Love one another. Amen. Amen. But what if you, if you see really, it is not a new command. There was a command in the Old Testament that said love one another. So what exactly was Jesus saying? You know, did Jesus not know of the Old, Old Testament commandment? Because if you look at the Bible, do a search, you will see so often in the Old Testament, it says love one another. So then why would Jesus say, I give you a new command? This is why. Listen, the verse is not finished. This is what Jesus said. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. Hallelujah. That is the new commandment. The new commandment is not that love one another. You know, that was taught in the Old Testament. Moses' law had that, love one another. But the new commandment was this, love one another, but there's, hey, there's a new standard. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Amen. Amen. That is the command of Jesus, brothers and sisters. The standard of loving one another is Jesus, Jesus himself. So it doesn't end at just knowing that God loves us. That is wonderful. We sang that. We, we read that in scriptures. Now there is a command. You know, now that we've received the promise of love, now there is a command for us to love one another. And how? The way Jesus loved. Look at what Jesus goes on to say. He says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Brothers and sisters, I just want to remind you on this beautiful day that the world celebrates love. Uh, our standard of love is Jesus himself. And we are called to love one another with the way Jesus loved us, which is a lofty standard, but that's our benchmark. Amen. So I just want to uh, pray that and then um, also simultaneously pray for the word and get into the word. Let's close our hearts and pray that, Lord, help us to love the way you love, Lord. We want to take this command seriously. Like every command of yours, Lord, this matters to us. And uh, help us, Lord, to love you and love one another the way you loved us. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. We thank you so much for your great love for us. Lord, as the song said, Lord, we cannot fathom why you should love us, Lord. The objects of wrath, Lord, we should have been cast to hell for our sinful nature and our sins, Lord. But you not only forgave us in your great love, you embraced us in your great love. That is so much, that is so overwhelming to even imagine, Lord, that you could have still remained God and we could have still remained your creation. But you went the extra mile of embracing us as your children, as your sons, as your daughters. Such great is your love. And no one can even match it. Lord, now that you've given us this new command, we are overwhelmed by it. How can we love anyone 
the way you love lord your love is so perfect so divine so glorious and yet you commanded lord knowing that we can do it by the power of the holy spirit that we've got to push ourselves to the extent of loving people forgiving people caring for people embracing people who are not like us teachers lord i pray for us as a church as masiha church i pray for my brothers and sisters least of all i pray for myself lord that we will all be able to reach out and draw from your love on a daily basis so that we can love those who may be undeserving for you loved us when we were undeserving i pray that lord jesus fill our hearts with your love as romans reminds us lord that you have poured the holy spirit into our hearts thank you thank you for that lord we pray that the holy spirit will constantly teach us to reach new standards of love in the name of jesus we pray lord i pray also that as we look at your word your amazing word lord we pray that you would speak to us make it alive may it minister deep into our hearts lord even as we look at your time uh, the subject of time we pray that uh, you will cause your word to minister to my brothers and sisters help me to communicate effectively holy spirit amen amen hallelujah i was telling the brothers yesterday when we met at the core team that uh, it's time i finished time <laughs> because it is been uh, since last year actually it's been since last year we've had a long gap you know uh, this is the fear when i start something in december i always fear that it might spill over and then get, go on and on remember last year in 2019 also we had something similar where we were doing a, a topic like that probably time only and just went on and on but i promise that we will end here today so just a quick recap for those who may have not heard one or two sermons on time so we are looking at time from a biblical perspective right we are looking at what does the bible teaches uh, in terms of time and we've seen there are hundreds of verses uh, with regards to time and said i have just touched base i've just scratched the surface you know there is so much in really dwell but i hope that this is a template that every time you search uh, you come across the word time uh, you know your 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 antennas are active and you understand how to read time in the context of god so we looked at the biblical you know how god created everything in the context of time and yet he is el o olam he is beyond time he is the god who is um, cannot be bound by time and yet he binds everything else in the context of time we looked at some amazing lessons from the lives of people and from some verses from the old testament and the new testament right i hope you remember that if you missed anything you can always go to spotify and uh, hear those messages again it's all there uh, on our spotify masiha church channel we looked at some principles on time you know, how how does time work even with god has set certain principles for everything here on earth so if you jump up you will come down because that's the law of gravity that's a principle set in by god you sow you reap that's a principle similarly there are some principles with regards to time and we looked at some of those principles we looked at jesus and we're going to continue to look at jesus we looked at jesus's life with context to uh, time we looked at you know how he lived uh, being aware that there was a time for everything right and um, moving on we are now going to look at some teachings of jesus again like i said jesus taught so much in context of time he taught parables in context 
waste of time. But we don't have the time to look at all of that. Maybe we will look at it, you know, some other time. <laughs> but uh, this morning, I'm going to bring attention to four verses. Four verses that are not that popular. You know, you wouldn't uh, read them or even if you read them, you pass by. Not many understand these verses in the right context. So I thought I'll pick up these four verses, which are probably uh, underplayed verses. You know, and I felt that this is what I, I believe God will want to teach us in the context of time. So the first of it is in the book of John, chapter 4, verse 9. And this is what Jesus said to his disciples and to a crowd. This is what Jesus said. He said, we must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. For night is coming when no one can work. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Uh, what Jesus says, he says, we must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. For night is coming when no one can work. I think this is a Samaritan woman's story, right? Yeah, there, there, is a, there is a reason what Jesus is saying. He's saying, yeah, we, we all understand. We, we People lived in the first century Palestine. And uh, obviously, um, they worked during the day. Yeah, There were uh, four shifts in the day and four shifts in the night. So they worked technically in eight shifts. The first uh, pair, which is what we call in Hindi. Uh, if you read the English Bible, some old translations, you will see watches. And it's called watches, watches of day and watches of night. So it started at 6 in the morning, 9 to 12, 12 to 3, 3 to 6. And the same cycle repeated for the night. So this is what Jesus said. We must do the work of him, of God who has called us, as long as it is day. For night is coming when no one can work. Now this is the concern. Now, when I looked at this verse, when I was a, a relatively new Christian, I said, what kind of a line is this? A night is coming when no one can work, you know. And then I worked for four years in the night shift. So, honestly speaking, you know, I did a lot of nights. In fact, there were some shifts that we called the graveyard shift, where we started at 10 and ended at 6 in the morning. So, I did that for almost three, three and a half, four years. Uh, so it was only towards the end, uh, I could choose my shifts. Uh, you know, I could bully the roster guy and choose the day shifts. But we did do a lot of nights. So I felt, what exactly was Jesus saying? And so I did a bit of study. And uh, lo and behold, there is always more to what Jesus says. So like I said, we're thinking of first century Palestine. Obviously, Jesus was addressing a particular crowd uh, who forget doing night shift. They hadn't even seen electricity. You know, their only source of light was the moon and the lamp. So this is the people we are talking to. And this is what Jesus was. So much more in this verse. So even in those days, people did work in the night. If you remember, I preached a few Sundays ago, uh, the shepherds who were watching the uh, their sheep in the night, right? So a lot of jobs with regards to guarding, whether it was guarding the palace or guarding the sheep, uh, you know, the work of guarding obviously happened at night. So what exactly was Jesus implying when he said day and night? He was saying more than just day and night. What he was really saying was, if you look at the Bible, the Bible always talks in context of symbolism or uh, more appropriately parables, you know, where um, he implies something and there is more to that word. So when the Bible says we were all dead in our transgressions, it doesn't mean we were dead. It doesn't mean, right? Just now somebody read, uh, I think uh, Ashish started by reading, we were dead in our transgression. It doesn't mean that we were not breathing. It means we were spiritually dead, right? 
So almost every verse you've got to read in the right context. Otherwise we blow it up. And here when Jesus is saying day, he means alive. And when he's speaking of night, he simply means we are dead. He says there is a time that you breathe. There is a time as you live. That is day. You know, when the Bible talks in terms, he was dying, always uses the word, the believers have gone to sleep. Right? This is not the kind of that you get up. This is the kind of sleep. This is that the Hindi hero says, no, mujhe lambi neen soni hai ma. That kind of a sleep. No, you sleep for long. You're, you're basically uh, going off. And then someday you will arise. Hallelujah. So that's the context. Again, so when Jesus is talking in terms of night, he's talking in terms of there will be a time as long as you're breathing. Imagine it's like day. You can work. But a time is coming, he says, when you cannot work. It's not that you won't work. You cannot work. That is when you will be R.I.P. You will be resting in peace. Right? You will be dead. You will be buried. Or alternatively, so that's that's one interpretation that most scholars give. Another interesting interpretation, which I want to put across to you, was Locke. You know, and imagine this was written even before lockdown. So they said there will be certain times in our lives where certain believers were jailed. Certain believers were imprisoned. Certain believers were probably, God forbid, you know, handicapped, something like that. They, they just couldn't do anything. And Jesus would say that there is a time in everyone's life when they will not be able to do things that they wanted to do. Like, you know, when you were young, you could run, you could jump. And I was seeing uh, some videos of Hedya as she was jumping on a new bed, I guess. And uh, she was all over the place. And I think I can't even do two jumps like that. You know, so that is how children are. They topple, they jump. As, as age goes by, things change. Your body changes. And there are things that you are limited. You can't do. You know, I, I know of a lot of missionaries who would walk for miles when they were young and have served the Lord and hats off to them. I remember when I was young, I did a lot of serving team. If you ask me today, I don't know how much of it I can do. I can place chairs and all, but I don't know if I can carry speakers and you know do all that as joyfully. <laughs> so times change and things change. And uh, there are things that you are you can do. And there are things after a certain time that you may not be able to do. You grow in wisdom and knowledge and all of that. So there are other things that you can do, obviously. But there are things that you know fade away. And uh, that is something that Jesus is saying. He's saying, hey, listen, while you can do it, Amen. Amen. This is such an important verse, brothers and sisters. We are, we cannot control time, but we can honor time. Amen. Amen. Can you say that to your, yourself? I cannot control time, but I can honor God in the context of time. I can honor God in the context of time. I, while I can, I want to give my best. While I can, I want to serve. Um, there is this beautiful song that we used to sing. I want to serve the kingdom of God while I am alive. I want to serve the kingdom of God in my generation. Amen. I don't know if any of you remember this beautiful song that we sang so much in the 90s when I was young. I want to serve the kingdom of God while I am alive. I want to serve the kingdom of God. Something like that. In my generation. You know, I want to build with silver and gold while I am alive. So while we are alive, brothers and sisters, let us give our best to the Lord. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thumbs ups will also do. Let's give our best to the Lord as long as we live. If we are alive. Let's just continue to serve God. 
there will be a time in all our lives when we will all fade away and we will be remembered praise god i hope we are remembered for what we did for the lord and then one day we will receive the great reward that's the culmination of all that is done so no one uh, you know the bible says your labor in the lord is not in vain one day you will receive your reward but now is the time to work for the reward and then will be the time to reap the reward hallelujah this is the time to sow paul puts it beautifully to the ephesians uh, ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 and 16 this is what he says and here the word time also is mentioned he says be careful how you work not as unwise but as wise amen so he here again see it they use different terminology now here what paul is using the terminology of walking walking in the lord you know so he says be careful how you walk not as unwise but as wise making the most of your time because the days are evil hallelujah this is more explicit he's saying listen the times we live in are evil times now what do you mean by evil evil was always there started in the garden of eden but it's saying as time has gone evil has compounded and we are surrounded by evil now obviously this this man is writing this 2000 years ago so you can imagine 2000 years later how much had the days of evil expounded that much more and so that's why the bible says hey listen be careful be wise how you're living your christian life and make the most of your time utilize your time well invest well into your time i think it was thomas edison who said this he said time is really the only capital that any human being has you know when we talk of capital we think of what we have we have a home we have shares we have bank balances but this is what thomas edison said he said time honestly is the only capital that any human being has and the only thing he cannot afford to lose everything else you lose you can gain back but time is something it's that kind of a capital that you've lost you've lost so i want to encourage you brothers and sisters with what jesus is saying while it is day let us do the works of the one who has sent us amen who has called us god has called us and let's continue to advance the kingdom we've done wonderfully well especially in this last one year let's not get slack uh like many you know many many do they start uh, off well uh one of my favorite proverbs is a new broom sweeps clean you know which simply means that um when you are new you are enthusiastic at your workplace i'm sure you must have i felt that everything new feels good whether it is in the context of your marriage or whether it is the context of your work or you know anything that you've tried it looks nice but then as time goes by the test is can the old rooms be clean kya purana jhadu utna hi acha saaf kar sakta hai that kind of weird proverb but yeah, it drives the point though okay my second point then i just got four so so remember that please the second is this is what jesus said in luke 8 was 13 now this is the story where uh, jesus is speaking this is the parable when jesus is talking about the parable of the sower i'm sure most of us have heard a sermon on that the four types of ground and the word and the seed and the sower and all of that look at what jesus says in luke 8 was 13 it is in the it is a part of that story he says those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it okay so these are not like uh, the enemy took the seed away or uh, it got uh, choked this is very different now look at this it says 
those on the ground are the ones who receive the word with great joy when they heard it. But whenever there's a but in the Bible, you've got to open your ears. But they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they follow. Basically, Jesus is saying every believer, every person will go through a time of testing. <laughs> that doesn't sound very exciting, does it? Yeah? But this is what it is. It says there will be a time of testing and the testing will prove whether what kind of a ground is your heart. Is it a ground that will produce 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold fruit? Or is it a ground that will say, oops, it will fall away. You receive the word with great joy. Oh, amen, hallelujah, and all of that. When you read Revelation, uh, any revelation that you get from the Bible, or you hear a word, you're so excited. But remember, every word that you receive will be tested. Your faith will be tested. Your hope will be tested. Your joy will be tested. Your peace will be tested. Everything will be tested. Your integrity, your character, everything will be tested. Your marriage, your work, everything will be tested, my friends. And then in that time of testing, it will prove whether you stand the ground or you let go. Testing in progress. <laughs> I know exam times are coming. And I don't want to scare the children. Ashanti led us to pray this morning for the children. That will be nice. But, but testing will come. If you think once you've finished your TY, there will be no testing. So I want to say this to all the students. My friends, <laughs> testing is for the rest of your life. And remember, it doesn't only come in March. It comes anytime. Yeah, so you're very fortunate right now. Your testing happens only in March and October, I guess. But uh, brothers and sisters, this is what life is. It doesn't only happen in March and October. It happens around the clock. It can happen anytime. It is a surprise test. <laughs> it is a test that teachers love to give nowadays. It's a surprise test. And we've got to be prepared. We've got to be prepared. This is what Jesus is saying. A time of testing will come. But be prepared. The Bible says 75 times the Bible uses the word testing. An alternate word for testing is fiery trial. You may wonder, wait a minute, we've just spoken of God's love, right? And if God loves us, why does he take us through a fiery trial? And uh, the, the illustration that God gives is gold. Gold is purified. It is refined by fire. Hallelujah. Ask any goldsmith and he will tell you that to get gold from, you know, a, a low level gold to a 24 karat gold or a high caliber gold. The only way of doing it is purifying it, refining it. And that refining happens through fire. Hallelujah. Amen. And that is what God intends us to do. He doesn't intend to burn us. He intends to purify us. He intends to make us a 24 carat. Or if there is a carat above that, whatever that is. He intends to produce pure gold out of us. Amen. Amen. I know 2020 felt like that, didn't it? <laughs> 2020 felt like a fiery trial. Oof. And I think most of us have done well. You know, many people's faith was tested. Their walk was tested. Their character was tested. And I want to commend you for the way you stood the time of testing. Well done, Masiha Church. Well done to each one of you. Ritesh keeps mentioning this. 
at every announcement you know the way you've given it's so commendable the way you've uh, stood with one another the way you've loved one another the way you've reached out to one another served one another you know that is exactly the standard of love that jesus was speaking about love one another just as i have loved you do your best in trial stand with one another amen and stand strong in god we've survived 2020 um we are into 2021 but there will be t- times of testing that will come again there will be you know there will be times when individuals will be tested there will be times when couples will be tested families will be tested and uh, the church will be t- tested i know masiya church in the last 17 years uh, we've been through our own um seasons of testing you know we we've had our share of um, the fiery trials as a church and uh, while some have filtered away uh most has stood strong and stood together and regrouped and grown and moved on hallelujah amen i want to thank all of you for hanging in there and uh, pressing on well done well done well done two things happen when trial comes answer the question that you can answer best two things one is either a person begins to shrink i hope we are uh, familiar with this word shrink yeah a corporate um, has this word called shrinkage a lot of these uh, fmcg companies use the word shrinkage which means to you know go down stuff that gets uh, spoiled perishable items they shrink off your desk so it's called shrink you know you you lower you go down your your faith goes down your love goes down for god your passion goes down your commitment goes down that happens that happens when many people go through trial and i have seen that in the last 28 years of my life where you know some people were super enthusiastic at a certain point but when they went through a serious trial uh, they faded you know, they began to shrink you can either shrink or you can shine hallelujah amen when trial comes one of the two things will happen you will not remain the same you will either shrink or you will shine amen and i want to encourage you brothers and sisters god wants you to shine he doesn't want you to shrink and so be rooted in god read the word daily pray spend time uh, growing in god whatever way whether it is by hearing the scripture or spending time in worship or serving ministering whatever way you can stay rooted in god that is what will help you in your time of testing that will help you to shine and when you shine in trouble remember god gets the glory hallelujah so we are not those who shrink away but we are those who shine amen and that is my prayer for each one of us that we will shine moving on this is the third scripture and i love this the reason i picked this is because again like i said it's quite undermined um people say this in passing but i wanted to just focus a bit on that uh, so this is what jesus said he said listen when you face trials and this is again in the context of trial so you can say point 2 and 3 are linked you know and uh, there will be times when you will face difficulties and you will be imprisoned and all of that and this is what jesus said he said listen just say whatever is given to you at the time wait what yeah this is what jesus is saying and the word time is there he says whatever is given to you at the time just say that for it is not you speaking but the holy spirit hallelujah he was encouraging the disciples he was saying listen you're not preparing for a speech if you're preparing for a speech you're preparing for your sunday sermon you better go prepared 
you better go prepared right wherever you can prepare you please prepare and go this is not jesus is just saying you know keep preaching off the cuff no 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 he's not saying that don't misunderstand this verse what he's saying there will be times when you will be imprisoned when you will have to give a defense for the gospel and i this is what um paul says look at philippians chapter 1 verse 16 he says the latter do so out of love knowing that i am put here and here is where he is in the prison i am put in prison for the defense of the gospel amen brothers and sisters sometimes we don't know what objections people will come imagine you were sharing the gospel you were sharing or you are uh, being held accountable for your faith what uh, what answer are you going to give because you can't prepare for such a thing but jesus says hey don't worry why worry just just say whatever is given to you if you are a person who is full of the word full of the spirit don't you don't need to fear because this is where the disciples were going to be full of the word full of the spirit and jesus said then don't worry don't worry don't don't think don't overthink about the right words that you are going to use just say whatever is given to you for if you are depending on the holy spirit then it is not you it is the holy spirit is going to speak to you hallelujah amen the great classic story and i don't have too much time to explain in detail but it's the story in acts 4 it's in acts 3 that john and peter have uh, raised a paralyzed man uh, uh, someone who couldn't walk and uh, he was handicapped and then they are where in the sanhedrin and they are being questioned why did you do why are you preaching da 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 da, da. and they think that the things we are scholars we are chief priests and you know we are we are pharisees we know more than these fishermen boys and so they go at them and say we threaten you okay to stop preaching and that's when peter says hey listen you tell me should we listen to god or should we listen to you and then he, he gives this small sermon kind of a thing and the pharisees and the teachers of the law and the sadducees and the chief priests are shocked He said, "These are unlearned men. These are fishermen. Where did they get such knowledge from? How can they speak so powerfully, so eloquently? If I may add." And then they say, "Yeah, we remember. They realized they were with Jesus. Hallelujah! Amen. That was their criteria. They had studied under Jesus. Amen. My friends, the Holy Spirit is our greatest university. He will teach us as you spend time with Him." as you sit at his feet and anything that the spirit gives you hold that treasure that and you will see he begins to give you more that has been my special special experience in these last uh, uh 11 months if i may say since the lockdown every time the spirit has given me something i've opened a book and i have written down and then that's developed into more and you know short revelations whatever whatever i just keep it on the phone sometimes it's been middle of the night just wake get up i just message even so that two of us have it and then so i can remember and then next morning i develop it into a word of encouragement for myself or for others you know i want to encourage you yes there will be times when we will prepare but there will be times when we will simply stand and give a defense for our gospel it was not just paul who said it it was peter also who said it 1 peter chapter 3 verse 15 says always be ready now this is ready okay always be ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you and to give an account for the hope that is in you with gentleness and reverence isn't that wonderful you say what do you believe in do you believe in anything oh yes 
that Jesus is coming. That's our great hope. Then he says, okay, then listen, be ready to give a defense. Okay, give a defense. Don't just, you know, there will be times where we will be asked to shut our mouth, right? And that is when the spirit will say, don't say a word. There was a time when Jesus didn't say a word at his trial. And there were many other times when Jesus gave a fitting reply, fitting reply. That is something, again, we need to depend on the Holy Spirit. Maybe I need to develop this into a word, um, saying defending the faith. But we are called to defend the gospel. We are called to defend what we believe in. Amen. So if someone asks you, what is your hope? He says, always be ready to make a difference to everyone who asks you. Hallelujah. Anyone asking you, what do you believe in? You must have an answer. Why do you believe? You must have an answer. When did that happen? Share your testimony with gentleness and reverence. That here is an opportunity to impact a life. Every time we share a testimony, you never know how that testimony will work as time goes by. Initially, they may just discard it, but somewhere in their heart and mind, it will keep working. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you when Jesus said that. Don't worry. Just trust the Holy Spirit and he will give you the right words. Amen. Amen. And my final point, the fourth point is God's timing is perfect. Hallelujah. I wanted this as a last point. Encourage all of you on an encouraging note. God's timing is perfect. How many of us believe that? Can I see your thumbs up? You believe that God's timing is perfect. Amen. See, the Bible says time. And again, you've seen some of the stories, you know, where you and I may feel that we are, uh, it, it's got delayed. But God's timing is perfect. Now I want to show you a scripture that has ministered to me greatly, but I have never ever heard a sermon on this. John chapter 7 verse 6. The context of the story is Jesus' brothers who later went on to become champions and put their faith in God. We know two of them, James and Jude, but the other two also. So Mary had four sons and these were brothers of Jesus. You know, brothers, but they were nevertheless brothers of Jesus. Same mother, different father. So they come to Jesus and this is the time when they don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe Jesus is the Lord, but they are happy that their brother is popular. Okay. They're just happy that, Are, you know, our brother is a superstar in Israel and whatever, he's got a great following. So they come up to Jesus and probably this is the only conversation that you will hear where Jesus is having with his brothers. Uh, and it is only later that you see the book of James and the book of Jude. And uh, that's amazing. That's after Jesus rose from the dead and probably they had an encounter with Jesus. And they realized that our brother is no more a brother. He's our savior also. So, but this is the time when they come and tell Jesus. Now look at what they say. Okay, so let me give you a context. They come and tell Jesus, hey, bro, you want to be famous, right? You want to be famous. What are you doing here? Go to Jerusalem. That is where the festival is. You should go there and make yourself known public. I mean, how, how much publicity will you gain in Galilee? This is Galilee, yeah. Go and be a big player. That is when people can see you. And this is what Jesus says. My time is not yet here. Now look at that word time. Okay. My time is not yet here. Or another translation says, my time has not come. But what is the second line is most interesting. It's a lesson for us. It says, for you, any time will do. Anything works for you. You don't care for time. You don't recognize God's timing. But for me, I do. I do, Jesus says. For me, the timing is most important. I will go to Jerusalem. 
I will be public. I will be crucified. I will die and I will rise again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everything will be according to God's perfect timing. And Jesus was so, so aware of his timing. Now, why am I saying this? Because I see so many Christians who are genuinely in love with God. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I am not judging anyone. But, but they love God. They are passionate about God. They are sincere. But they have no sense, absolutely no sense of God's timing. And I don't want to give any personal examples, but I have seen so many times where have just simply rushed and then, you know, been hurt, been heartbroken because there is no clear sense of is this what God wants me to do, A, and B, is this the time that God wants me to do? My friends, spiritual discernment is a gift. It is also a skill that you develop. As time goes by, you develop a skill called spiritual discernment where you begin to discern by the help of the Holy Spirit what is the right time and what is not the time. What is the time to wait? When is the time to be elevated? When is the time to grab your opportunity? When is the time not to quickly rush but wait on the Lord? This is something that we all need to pray and constantly grow in realizing what is the right time. People will tell you, mind you, it was Jesus' brothers who were telling him, go, 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 go. Go. This is the time. It's the festival time. This is where maximum people come to Jerusalem. What better timing than this? Go, make yourself public. What are you doing here, you know, healing these Go there and do something like, do whatever you do, you know, do that in Jerusalem. That's where you will get eyeballs. That is where you will get whistles. That is where you will get the real following, Jerusalem following. God is spending your time in Kapernaum. Waste of people these are. And Jesus says, my time has not come. For you, any time will do. Let that dwell in your mind, that verse. It has ministered to me so greatly over the years. No, that for us, any timing is right. That has been my one prayer. Lord, help me to operate in your time. Sometimes when you feel you deserve something, you feel, Lord, I deserve it. But God will say, yes, yes, I know you deserve it. But is this the right time? Oh, yeah, it looks like, it looks like, you know, it's festival and it's Jerusalem. No, this is not the right time. In my time, I will do it. Look at this beautiful verse. I was thinking of our next pillow project. Next pillow that we will give everyone, uh, Dipesh agrees, <laughs> is this pillow. You know, we've got to print this. And I love the design. I love this design. It's so beautiful. Uh, uh, we, we have that old pillow, if you remember, we gave everyone in Masiha Church or whoever bought it, that is. Um, that said, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Look at this verse, so beautiful. It says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Hallelujah. Can I see some hearts? Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? My friends, everything that God has done, everything, it is beautiful, but it's not just beautiful. It's beautiful in its time, in its time. Hallelujah. Amen. God has made everything beautiful in its time. What a lovely pillow to sleep on, you know, just have lovely dreams, <laughs> beautiful dreams that knowing, Lord, I am tired. But let me lie down on this pillow and think, you have made everything beautiful. 
in its time. Have a good night rest. Amen. I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters. If you're a person who's waiting, people may have told you, now is the time. This is what you should do. This is where, you know, this is, people tell you a lot of things. Okay. Uh, you know, and they will tell you also, listen, it like, you know, it's the season. It looks like a festival time. It looks like Jerusalem. So I think you should do it. You should do it. Listen to the Lord. Hear God and say, Lord, I trust you and I trust your timing. I will do everything I can, but I won't rush into it. Why? Because I trust that you make everything beautiful in your time. Hallelujah. Someone may get it earlier. Someone may get it later. Someone may live a long life. Someone may live a short life. How does all that matter as long as we are in the will and timing of God? Can I hear an amen? Amen. As long as we are in the will and timing of God, he will make everything beautiful in his time. Let's not push it. Let's not rush through it. Let's trust God. Let me end with this word, with this one line. It says, no matter how long it takes, no matter how long it takes, when God works, it is always worth the wait. It's a nice saying, right? It's not a Bible verse. It's just a saying, but I loved it. It says, no matter how long it takes, when God works, when God works, it is always worth the wait. Man, I pray that God will give you much grace as you wait. I pray and I hope that this whole message on time has helped you and blessed you. And I pray that God will reveal to you more as you search the scriptures and read uh, time. Like I said, there are so many verses that we've not touched. But I pray that these four things you will remember what we've learned today. Amen. Remember the most important thing. God will work everything according to his time and he will make it beautiful. Amen. Come, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. What an amazing God you are. Thank you that you're a God who is with us, for us. In our times of testing, you stand with us, Lord. When Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were in the fiery trial, you were with them. When Daniel was in the cage with the ferocious lions, you sent your angel. You are always with us. We thank you for the times of testings or times of joy. Your presence accompanies us. You said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That is so comforting. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. That the Holy Spirit will give us the words, the right words to speak. When we may not have those words, we face people, when we face opposition, when we face changes, you will give us the wisdom, Holy Spirit, to say the right words. And we take that great comfort. Lord, we pray also that we will do the work of the one who has sent us. As long as it is day, as long as we are alive, as long as there is breath in us, Lord, we remind ourselves that it's a song that we sang so often, Messiah, that Lord, we want to till our last breath keep serving you. We know night is coming where we cannot walk. As long as day is there, we want to give you our best. And lastly, Lord, we want to trust you. We want to trust you for your perfect time. Not trying to make it happen in our own strength, in our human ability but resting in you, knowing God makes everything beautiful in his time. Hallelujah. That is so, so comforting, Lord. We want to say we love you. Thank you again, Lord, for your great love for us. 
We pray that we will love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we will love one another as we love ourselves. Help us to honor these commands of yours. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.